Hello, and welcome again to another episode of Five Plain Questions, a podcast that proposes five questions to Indigenous artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers and shakers, and culture bearers, people in the community that are doing great things for their communities. I'm Joe Williams, your host for this conversation. I'm director of CANA, the Indigenous Art Programs at the Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase these amazing people in our Indigenous communities from around the region and country. I want to introduce you to Black Owl Society's Buffalo Man, formerly of Indigenous, also known as Pate. Buffalo Man is a South Dakota Hall of Fame artist with music featured in the motion picture Doughboy by Chris Ayer and Emmy nominee Amazon Prime series Bosch. He continues to grow his music repertoire with three release EPs and a multitude of singles that can be found on all major streaming platforms. His motivation to create music that is poignant and diverting stems from being born and raised on the Ihaktawan lands of South Dakota. Sharing their personal love of music, his parents, Beverly and Greg Zephyr, introduced musical production to him and his siblings with the creation of the band Indigenous. Buffalo Man wrote, recorded, and performed with his siblings from 1988 until 2006, touring across the U.S., Canada, and into Europe, sharing the stage with well-known artists such as B.B. King, Bob Dylan, John Mayer, Gary Clark Jr., and many more. In 2006, Buffalo Man initially created Disciplines of Sounds until transitioning into Black Owl Society in 2010, performing and recording with a range of talented musicians until being joined full-time by his sister and drummer, Good Eagle Woman, in 2018. With the creation of Black Owl Society, he opened the doors to writing music that carried the weighted words of his origins. Lyrics inspired by uniquely indigenous stories, experiences, and emotions carried a resonating guitar, powerful drums, and deep differential bass. Black Owl Society's music will give listeners a fully enlightened experience. So one technical note before we jump into this conversation is that when he was with Indigenous and I had first become aware of who he was, uh, I knew him as Pate, P-T-E is the spelling of the name. Um, the English translation is Buffalo Man, so not to confuse you with the two different names, um, within the conversation uh, I address him as Pate. So uh, yeah, so I just want to say that before we jump into this. So. Uh, with that said, let's jump into this conversation with Black Owl Society's Buffalo Man. Hey, thank you so much for joining us at Five Plain Questions. It's really great to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm very I'm excited but nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's just you and me. It's just you and me. Um, so uh, would you be able to introduce yourself? Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, who you are, where you're from, and, and your background, please. Okay. Well, my my mom, she comes from the Ponca, you know, Ponca natives from uh, Oklahoma. And my dad, he's uh, Donakota, we're part of the Oshete Shakoni up there in South Dakota. And, um, and I grew up on the Yankton uh, Indian Reservation up there in South Dakota from, you know, from birth on till roughly... Uh, Probably, I think about 20, 29 or so. Then I left, you know, left and went to the city, I guess. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, I just pretty much grew up on the res, you know, uh, grew up with my brothers and sisters and, you know, got in the music there and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, for the most part, that's, that's where I come from. Right on, right on. Now, uh, before we get uh, into, um, uh, sort of where you're at right now, um, and even where you came from, uh, you, um, you came from a musical family, uh, yeah. your, your father, uh, yeah. had played music and there was and a lot mom. of, um, 
and your mom yes um and uh you had a sort of a community of musicians uh, yeah, sort of yeah. around yeah how how would how would you describe that influence um onto I think like my dad and my mom both they had a really big influence on on me growing up like like through everything you know whether it was drawing or whatever it was they they really supported that and and the like my dad's music ability was amazing and i think the first time that it really hit me that that it was something was was when we were recording on a on a like a an old tape cassette recorder it was like a four track or an eight track or something like that and he was working on it while we were doing the songs and stuff and and that's when i kind of uh, that's when it became you know he became more of my you know like it was just that i just it was it was kind of like uh what do they say like an epiphany it was like wow this is all happening because you had like uncles that played music and you had you know aunties that played music and like they were all around but for the most part it was it was our dad and mom that that really like like just really had it there you know and everything they did like when our dad would play guitar some you'd have to stop because he was just that fancy on the guitar you know i mean for most cats like like back in those times it was you know there wasn't really anybody like him you know guitar playing wise so where we came from but he knew all the instruments he knew bass drums shit horns whatever steel you know pedal steel drums every instrument singing you know my mom was pretty much like a singer and things like that so we were you know they just had that around us you know for for all you know throughout when we were growing up because it was you know the music we'd hear bb king or you know Jimi hendrix or things like that so they always had it around you know so i think that had almost everything to do <laughs> with with why we're into the music or even i mean especially that and and where we come from you know the community we come from and and you know in that kind of thing like we we grew up like out in the as you'd say out in the sticks you know and, and that whole area was pretty amazing we actually started out with horses first you know so we were raising horses and and then when we got into music we we switched you know got rid of the horses and got music you know and, and been doing that ever since you know trying to at least <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and for our listener um I, I i do want to acknowledge that you were uh with indigenous yeah, um, yeah would you be able to talk a little bit about uh maybe how that came about and um a little that, bit that, that came about like through um well i think it was how it started really was we were we were all started out in school you know we we're going to school but we didn't want to go to school like I, I left school in the third grade and didn't want to go no more because I didn't it wasn't making sense you know and and I was doing all the work right I was learning how to read and write and doing all that but but it didn't it still didn't have nothing and we were learning about you know just all American stuff anyway so it wasn't really something that that where we came from it, it wasn't what our mom and dad taught they they were they were very traditional minded thinking and you know we grew up like that so that's kind of how that all started because we got into horses we were homeschooled got into horses and then then my mom figured out that we you know that we could play music so she said you know told our dad you know these guys you know they should play music and you should teach them and he's like no you know i don't want it's too hard it's too you know too much stuff and she said no they need to do something and that's what they should do so that's kind of how it all started so after that he you know they got the drums and the the basses and the guitars and and we just all started practicing you know from that point on so it was kind of and they were there with us through the first about 
two, three years, they actually played on stage with us. We had our sister on keyboards as well. And uh, so it was, it was, gee, there was like, you know, there's me and my brother, two of my sisters and my mom and my dad. And that's all of us that were playing on stage. And we all started out like that. And it was like our mom and dad was, that was their idea, you know, that the indigenous, the name, everything about it was, was for us to represent where we came from or something like that. And so it was, that's how everything kind of came together with that. And we just kind of went from there, you know. And our dad pretty much predicted everything that we we experienced. It, it's pretty crazy, you know. He he told us we were gonna be on tour with BB King, and you know he he said you're gonna be on TV shows, and you know you're gonna be playing with your favorite bands. Like he said all of this when we first started out because he he, he put us through about a two year, two and a half year of practice regimen of of every day, you know from and the, and the hours you know went. You know, as, as it could have been 12 hours, 15, it didn't matter. But every day was like that. You know, we practiced that much for two years and then we finally went out and started playing. But in all that time, you know, I, of course, being a young kid, because I think I started about, you know, I think it was about 10 or 12 or something like that. And being a young kid, that's not really, you know, where you want to go. Because <laughs> most kids weren't, you know, they weren't hanging out like that. You know, all the other kids were being, you know, kids on the res, but we didn't have that. You know, mm -hmm. we weren't, we didn't grow up around that. You know, we grew up in our house, you know, playing our music and that's kind of where we were, you know. And then after that, they were like, here you go, go out on the road now and go perform and, and went from there to out on the road, you know. And, and that's kind of how all that stuff started, but it was really like our parents as, you know, that was up, you know, that was their, their thing, really. You know. mm -hmm. It was pretty amazing. Like, they, it, I'm pretty proud to come from, you know, people like that, parents like that, that have, you know, this idea for you. They want it to be so, you know, and, and it happened. It happened the way that, you know, they described. So, you know, very lucky in that sense. I, I can tell you from, you know, from the community, um, we were, we were also proud of you all for what you guys were doing. Oh, wow. Um, there was genuine, genuine excitement, uh, for yeah. what you guys were producing and going to your shows. Um, cause I, I had been to multiple shows. The yeah. energy that was coming from that stage was yeah. solid and it was, yeah. it was so great to, to have witnessed that. Yeah. Absolutely. And to, to have those, those four, like that, that type of entity, you do, you can't really have that in, in most things, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was, it was a pretty special thing, you know, cause I think, I think for the most part, we all brought, you know, something to that you know to that that type of thing because i think like I, I will always credit my parents for giving us that you know because i don't think it was us individually by no means was it you know mm -hmm. there's not a single one of us that can claim oh well you know i'm this or i'm that it was it was them you know they're mm -hmm. the ones who created that and i think our job was to just you know keep it out there as much as we could you know mm -hmm. but there again that that the whole idea of America and their ideals getting in the way of that and makes people, you know, get a little bit crazy. And, you know, I guess for that, that part of it had to come to an end, you know, as mm -hmm. far as brothers and sisters and things, because, you know, we, we, we all didn't, you know, we, we didn't really see things the same, you know, <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and as, as, yeah, with most I mean, families. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's our problem, you know, growing up in, in this society, this American society, it takes away that communal thinking to where we all take care of one another. And, you know, and we were taught that growing up, but just our, our you know, our oldest brother, Mato, he, he wasn't, 
on that same page. You know, <laughs> it was it was more about what he wanted in life, and that's why we had to, you know, get out of that because it was it was um, how do they say it was kind of uh, after a while it was just kind of a rough place to be, you know, because mm-hmm. we 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 couldn't breathe as 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 individuals, you know, it had to be a certain way, and and as far as that, you know. That's why I think where we're at now is, is most important, you know, in every one of us, because I still support, you know, my brother mm-hmm. and, that, and all that kind of stuff. But it's just that as far as the way that that, you know, that he approached things, you know, it, it didn't work for the band. As you can see, that's why we're not together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so his approach, his approach on things wasn't wasn't idyllic for for us being a unified you know entity. And that, mm-hmm. that's, you know, that that's on him. That That's not on me because I actually never quit the band. <laughs> you know, yeah. I actually never, never said I quit the band. I've never even remotely had any th- any thought like that of leaving Indigenous by no means. That those were all, you know, Mateau's own choices on, on everything. And, and, you know, so. But for me, like I said, it, it, it definitely, you know, it definitely opened up a, like a, a, a door for, you know, for more of a, you know, I guess more of a, uh, more of a, like a indigenous type thinking, not indigenous to band, but that indigenous people mindset, you know, that, that was being kind of pushed out of there, you know, when we were in that band, because after our dad died and stuff, that all kind of went, you know, it, it wasn't going in, in the way that, that like me and Wambadi were feeling, you know, because of where we come from. Mm-hmm. We were taught to represent who we are, and then, you know, I don't, I don't know if Mateau was feeling that at the time. You know, maybe he is now, but at that time, you know, mm-hmm. his, his direction was, you know, his direction was this and only this. <laughs> you know, I got gotcha. you, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say, um, the the name that that you had all used, Indigenous, um, came at a time when, because I was in college uh, at that time, we were having debates about because I, I went to USD and yeah. we were in the American Indian um, yeah. studies program. And to us, that was an older name. And we were talking about um, uh, Native American as a name. Yeah. And then really, it felt like you you all in, introduced the word indigenous to us. And that became yeah. part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And what does indigenous mean compared to Native American? Yeah. And it, it has more of a broader, um, a more sort of a I won't say inclusive, but definitely um, a a name that is not commanded by borders. Yeah. You know, by I think, yeah. I mean, I think it has a lot. It has a lot. It describes definitely describes a lot to a lot of who we are. You mm-hmm. know, when we say we're indigenous, we're indigenous with everything. You know, with with the water, with the animals, with the plants, with everything. You mm-hmm. know, that we're a mm-hmm. part of that. I think and and. The description of that that's my mom there again my mom's you know thinking on this matter was that's what we were supposed to be about you know was this that's why the name was important indigenous you know mm-hmm. and and i think you know it still is to this day you know i mean it means you know it meant it meant more then and i think it means even more now you know because you have a lot more people understanding what it what it is you know because i don't think it it's it's not a defining above of a race, but it's a, it's, it defines the human, you know, identity, the, the way they think, you know, mm-hmm. because of, of what it describes. And when, when you look at the word and how it describes the thing, 
And that's, mm-hmm. that's what we know being from this land or being from here for thousands upon thousands, hundreds of thousands of years. You know, that's why we can consider ourselves a part of this place because all of, in all of where, where we all come from and, and all our stories, they all start from here. You know, we, we didn't come from any place else. We all started from here. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think for the most part, everything has to be, you know, that word is, is very, uh, you know, when, when we use it, it's very uh, descriptive. It describes us, you know, as, as thinkers, as human beings, you know, because we, we, we don't think about race. We don't think about, you know, all that, you know, American, European, you know, nonsense. You know, we, we, as indigenous people, we've never thought like that. That's mm-hmm. why you get all these, you know, indigenous, you know, what they consider leaders from all over the whole hemisphere here. They all said the same thing, you know. We, we don't own the land. We, you know, they, they've had all this for thousands of years. They all said the same thing. So, you know, and we're all the same. Everybody's the same, even in our community, everything, everything's the same. You know? So when, when you know that history is there and it's always been there, then this other stuff will never make sense. So using the word indigenous is, is really important to, you know, describe who we are as human beings, you know, not a, a race of people or our gender or whatever it is, you know. Mm-hmm. We're human, you know, and we've always believed that as indigenous people from here, you know, we're human and we'll stay that way. So, you know, that's why I think it it's a very important thing. And I think our parents, you know, were very aware of that, you know, when they came up with the name and how they, they made it. They wanted us to, you know, be together like that, stay together. You know? mm-hmm. And then, you know, I think it, it was it was awesome. You know, I think it still is. And I'll always like I'll always be proud of that, you know. The whole yeah. thing because shit like playing with your brother and sister like that's like having your cake and eating it too you know you can't you can't deny that kind of you know shit awesome you know like feeling that it created when when we play on stage and shit like that but mm-hmm. you, know, you know it's like i said it's 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 a pretty good you know no regrets or no you know <laughs> i don't i don't feel bad about you know nothing like that you know because i think all of it's for for where we're at i think it's important you know, mm-hmm. so I don't think about that past as anything, you know, that hinders anything that that's going on now. It's just it was a part of, you know, a part of, I guess, our indigenous communities that, you know, that we were we were something, you know, a part of that, you know, as as a little clan, a little family. That, that's pretty amazing. You can't really get that too much. You know, mm-hmm. they talked about like that with the Jackson five and, you know, you know, people like that. But, you know, indigenous was, you know. They were pretty special when they had that brother, sister, you know, that whole thing going. That was, that was that you, you know, you can't beat those times. <laughs> All the new times are good, you know, but <laughs> those times, those are, those are special stuff, you know, because we had, we had some pretty good experiences there, you know, and never forget them. You know, they'll always be amazing. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, before we, we talk about the Black Owl Society, um, I, I want to ask you about your influences. Um, you, you've talked uh, somewhat about your, your mother and your father. Um, who are uh, influences that come to mind maybe early on and right now? Like, for the most part, I carried, like, my mom and dad as my, like, musical influence as well as my, you know, human influence, whatever it is. You know, if, if people got Jesus and God, you know, I had my mom and dad, you know. So, but that's, that's kind of where I put them. Um, as far as like musical, you know, influence, uh, Charlie Patton was probably one of the you know main ones. 
that really like from a young kid hearing it was just you know amazing music and um then i heard um i heard soundgarden in the late um late 80s i heard smokestack lightning which was a which was a howlin wolf blues song but i listen out you know howlin wolf was another big influence i come from blues so howlin wolf you know charlie Patton, you know bb king but i heard soundgarden play smokestack lightning and that pretty much changed like the way that I seen things after that. And then they became a real big, you know, influence. And um, let's see who else. Uh, Rage Against the Machine. Um, they're, they're a big influence. Uh, of course, Audio Slave. I've, I've, I had a thing with that, like that band even before they started. Cause I, I, before I even like, when the rage broke up and Soundgarden broke up, I, I said like openly about they should get Chris Cornell to sing for Rage, you know. And when it happened, I was I, when I put that CD on, like I cried through the whole thing because it was oh, that's great. It was like a it was like a like a dream, like you know, a dream come true with that shit. So that that's a definitely big influence, you know, as far as just music. You know, as far as it, the way it sounds, the way it's sang, or the way it's played. As far as individuals, I don't know who, you know, I don't know them personally, but the music was definitely, you know, influential. You know, as far as like, you know, when it comes to music, I'm, I'm kind of into a lot of different genre of musics, you know, whether it's, you know, old Hank Williams or, you know, Metallica, you know, it, it, it just, you know, varies, varies from from, I guess, people to people. Mark Lanigan, I guess, is another, you know, heavy influence. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could keep going all day with influences, bro. <laughs> Robert <laughs> Johnson's another one. <laughs> yeah. 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 Jimi Hendrix, yeah. you know. As far as like bass players, like Billy Cox from Band of Gypsies, Tommy Shannon from Double Trouble, um, Jeff Ahmet from Pearl Jam, you know, like, I really hip to those guys, you know. I really like like those guys, um, and guitar players, of course. Like my my brother Mattel, he's like I'm really I like it, you know. Really dig dig his his playing and and um, and like a Jesse Ed Davis, I really like his stuff. Um, and uh, as far as like, let's see, Stevie Ray Vaughan, I suppose. I really dig mm -hmm. him. Jimmy Vaughn, like like I said, I can I can go on <laughs> on and on. <laughs> I just uh, I just heard an interview with uh, Ringo Starr, uh, and he was talking about Jesse Davis yeah. and uh, being in the studio with him, yeah. and just how his his energy really influenced the work that John Lennon was doing in the seventies. Yeah. I thought that was pretty special. Yeah, because when you listen to that that kind of stuff, you know, like John Lennon stuff, he is talking about something you know, something of, of, of importance when it comes to the governments and things like that. And, mm -hmm. you know, of course we're, you know, if that, if that's true, where else are you going to get that influence from, from the main people that got, you know, got genocidal, any, whatever you name it, you name every bad thing that's ever happened. You've got these people, you know, so where, you know, how, you know, what better place to get an influence like that? Cause you know, that probably radiated off of Jesse at Davis, you know, because of how fantastic he was, but we can't deny that, you know, what, what happened to us is a real thing. You know, that's a real thing that we're still struggling with no matter, you know, 
no matter which way you try to turn, it's, it's an obvious, you know, that it's something that needs to be talked about, you know, mm-hmm. it needs to be, you know, out in the open because, you know, a lot of that shit isn't, isn't out there yet. And, you know, it's up to us to start talking freely about it now, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. about the things that happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, about, I think it was around 2010, mm-hmm. um, you uh, started the Black Owl Society. Yeah. yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about that journey, how that began, and uh, where you're at right now? Like, I think, well, I, um, when I was in Indigenous, I started uh, writing a bunch of music, like just a bunch of songs and stuff. But it wasn't like, you know, I take them to my them, but it wasn't really, you know, their, I guess, what they wanted to do, or what he wanted to do. So, I started, you know, building up this catalog. And then when, when that all fell apart, um, I started a band called Disciples of Sound. And, and it was just a, it's a, it, it you know, it was like a blues, a blues metal band, <laughs> like, like something like that. You know, Joel Bramhall, he, he said it was, he said it sounded like Robert Johnson and, and Metallica because we did some shows with him and that, that was his description of the, of that band and I started in that band and it was me and a guitar player. Um, his name's Nate Boff. He comes from, uh, he came from Ohio, drove like 14 hours to audition for the, uh, disciples of sound. And I told them, you know, just on the drive, I said, well, you already got the job, bro. Cause ain't nobody going to drive, you know, 13 hours to, you know, audition. So I just gave it to him. And then, I, um, as in indigenous, we had another, uh, uh, like there's a, we played with all these bands, but there's bands that we like became friends with. And Chris Duarte group was one of these bands, but there was a drummer that played with them and me and him got on really well. And uh, so whenever me and Nate got together, he, he moved down to Texas and I told him that drummer was here. So he, and uh, he put up a drummer's ad and the first person that answered that ad was that drummer. And so my whole band like came together exactly like just like, it was like that, you know, so we played that for about a couple of years and we did a bunch of, you know, we were doing like shows and, and we did some recordings. We got, we got some recordings out um, of that band, but, uh, but like shortly after that, the drummer couldn't do it no more. Like, cause he was having personal stuff, you know, things are going on there. So he couldn't do it no more. And myself, I didn't want to keep going in that band without him because he was kind of like, 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 you know, when you have something and it's, it just totally makes sense, right? Every piece comes together. That's how that was, you know? So when he couldn't do it, Artie was writing songs and had an idea for the Black Owl Society. And I already had that going because that was something like I, w- I was doing because that was more of a, like, like it, it talked about more of indigenous issues, you know, more, you know, drugs and alcohol and, and, you know, fucking genocide and all these kind of things. So, so it was kind of a personal thing. And, and after that fell apart, I asked the guitar player then, I was like, Hey, you want to, you know, play, play with me on this. And then we went and got a drummer and, and kind of started that. So that was roughly like, I think it was in the winter of 2010. And then, you know, it might've been, it might've been 11 too, but it was somewhere in there. And then we just made a record within a couple months. And then, you know, this kind of went from there and, I think I've been doing it ever since, you know, then. And I think, you know, just for the most part, I really enjoy it. I mean, I went through, I obviously, you know, band, you know, band members come and go and stuff, but 
as far as I feel about it, that's why I call it the Black Owl Society, because I believe that it's for anybody, everybody, you know. But but we're, we're, what we're talking about is, you know, <laughs> it's something that that is important to me as, as a human being, you know, or as, a, as even as an indigenous person that, you know. So I think, like, to when I started all of that, you know, like the songs and everything kind of went, you know, more about, you know, like I have a song called Yadabame Blues and like things like that, that were changing, you know, all the changes, like all these, all these things that were, you know, that, that you tend to forget about in this society that, that happened to the indigenous people and why we struggle. Cause like for a while there, I was on alcohol and, you know, like that kind of shit, big drinker and stuff like that. So, so this whole experience was living that, you know, and trying to, you know, I guess trying to, uh, trying to understand, you know, like what the hell was going on because, you know, we were still having problems as indigenous people and all these other people were telling you to forget it, you know, and everything was still happening. So the Black Owl Society like came out of all of that because there wasn't, you know, and I feel like, you know, I'm not a, you know, like a, I guess I'm not a, A political guy by any means you know i don't believe in none of that nonsense but I, I believe that you know that what happened to the indigenous people has never been fully talked about you know everything's always been as they say now whitewashed and everything that we do you know and and so like all of that like all of those kind of thoughts you know even even playing in you know a band that had two white guys in it they had to really understand where you know where i was coming from because you know and because you know it, it was it was two different places whether it was talking about religions or talking about all of these kind of things you know because they were they were real things that happened and, and we can't play them off like it's it's uh it's just it happened in the past or some shit like that and none of this stuff can ever be worked that way and and they yet they try to do it so like to to try to you know like express this kind of stuff, I, I could only do it through, you know, through music or through that. So the, the idea of the Black All Society, that's where it came out of was, was, you know, having to struggle because I guess when you're an alcoholic and things like that, you know, you see everything where everything comes from, you know, and it's not a, it's not all, you know, it's not all like, how do they say rainbows and, you know, sprinkles you know alcohol is a poison 100 percent, and the way they they package it makes it seem like it you know it's good for you you know it, it, it you know it'll help you or whatever but what i don't understand is if if alcohol is such a good thing and why everybody needs to do it why don't they give it to their little babies in bottles you know why don't they give it to their their animals their dogs their cats why don't they give it to all of them if it's such a good thing you know um and they know the reason why they won't you know, and everybody does because it really is a poison. And for us indigenous folk, it's been since day one. There's there's no way that that we could see that otherwise. And even if we tried, you know, we're still in the wrong because of what it what it done to us over, you know, over these hundreds of years that it's been here. You know, and and I I I have no that it's not even coming from an opinion when it comes to the alcohol because i can't have an opinion on that i can't say well it's good for you it's bad for you it helps you i can't say that you know what i can say is it's bad 100 percent. it's not about you it's about the alcohol because the alcohol is bad it's not about you you know i don't think anybody in their right mind would be goofy if they didn't drink you know 
I think I think once they start drinking, that's when the shit gets crazy. That's when the shit gets goofy, you know. And and everybody knows that. Every indigenous, every Indian on this continent knows that that drinks. You know, every mm-hmm. single one of them. You know, it's not it's not about denying. You know, it's about accepting that it's a poison, and that's what it does. It, it completely poisons you because why why else isn't it given? you know, to the children like that? Why don't they give it to their kids, their little babies when they're born? Give them in the bottle, you know, put some whiskey or some, you know, Budweiser in there and give it to the baby. Because see what happens after that, you know, because they all know the baby's not going to survive. Everybody knows this, you know, it's not, it's not, um, it's not new what I'm saying. I'm not saying anything brand new to anybody. You know, this is, but these are, you know, these are all the experiences I come from. So that's why I think, the Black Owl Society really, you know, <laughs> has a lot to do with with how I feel about these things because I'm not like like I'm, I don't like I said I don't feel like I'm an artist in that sense. This isn't art that I'm doing. It's it's awareness, you know. It's it's opinionative. I guess it's it's you know making awareness of of how reality, you know, what is in alcohol or what is in these drugs like meth and things like that. What's in it? What's you know. What's the reality of that? Because we all know, you know, I've hung out with meth heads. I've, I've, you know, done all my share of that, that kind of shit, you know, parties and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and to stand here and be sober and be proud of it now, you know, there's really nothing to, to really give to that, that community of, you know, those kind of things. So I feel like the Black Owl Society, you know, was my way to say these things because I think, you know, for the most part, you know, you can't really be, you know, I'm being really honest with you, you know, as far as, you know, the way I feel about these things, you know, but I don't think it's the way that I feel, you know, unfortunately, I have to feel this way because of the way that it is, you know, and that's two different things, you know, the way that I feel it, you know, I, I you know, it, it's way different than, than, than the way people drink themselves to death. I had brothers that did that, you know, I had relatives that do that still to this day, you know. So it's not a it's not a place of, you know, rainbows and sunshine like people talk about. But it, it is a place of, you know, where we do come from was beautiful and it's always been there. It's just that, you know, when you when you put America on top of us and then you give us all this poison, you know, what are we going to do? You know, yeah. and poison, you know, you could add in several different things besides alcohol, besides drugs. You know, I mean, religion should be on top you know when it comes to these kind of things because of how much it affected even their own people over in europe you know when you when you go further back when you go even further back you'll see how much destruction this this religion causes and what what i guess for me what i don't understand is is why isn't that considered crazy right why why isn't that like like they came and they took children from their families and they put them in boarding school and then and then raped them and killed them and then buried them in holes and in back of the schools and back of the churches and all these people mind you they all believed in god you know they all believed in that religion but when you go back to that religion where where does it where did it say that this they did something good for us where where is it that it's shown that it did something good for us nowhere it's not shown in anything that that religion had anything to do with bringing what you would say love and happiness to our people. I, I do believe, and I will strongly believe this, that we've already had strength, love, and happiness long before they got here with the idea of God. Because one thing, how can how can us as indigenous people believe in 
say believe in in God from Europe, right? Because as we know, religion is over what three to six thousand years old from Europe, Egyptians, all that. The one God ideal, right? That's from there. But see, we as indigenous people existed here for over a hundred thousand years more. So how can we believe in a European ideal? And how can we sit here and say that it's real to us when it was brought here? And, and we are older, our ways, our ways of thinking as communal people that's taking care of one another and being together in our ceremonies, they were here hundreds of years before this, you know, and they come here with this ideal. Now we all believe in the same thing that that kind of, you know, I don't understand how how that works. You see, it's just like right somebody writing Harry Potter, right? That lady that wrote it and somebody believing that it's real now. I mean, would you buy that? I don't think so. You know, we would all be like, fuck, you know, that that dude's a little bit off. You know, they believe that Harry Potter's real. Well, mm -hmm. you know, you take that 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 concept of what I just said and you take that back there. That's exactly what that is. You know, same thing. So I want to know how can they say that, you know, they that that religion isn't crazy or the idea of God isn't crazy? Because when you believe in something that's made up, and we all know this, that that's kind of crazy. Right. Don't believe in made up shit. It's crazy. So believing in all this stuff, it, it seems to put put that for me, that element of, you know, are you understanding what what's happening there, especially when it comes to the religion and what they did, you know, and how they did it. Hmm. See, because me and you, we would definitely think that if somebody raped and molested little kids, they're insane. Right. We would think that straight up. But for some reason. All these people, whether it's Canada, whether it's you know, the United States, they, they, they built these churches everywhere on Indian communities and, and they started doing all this shit to all the kids and the people, you know, fucking them, raping them, doing all this kind of stuff. You know, sorry, I'm, yeah, but they're doing all this kind of shit. And uh, nobody says it's crazy. You know, nobody says that that's insane. For some reason, they put a war bonnet on the Pope for that. That behavior. Like, how is that? How does that make sense? Because we, we as as human beings, we could know that that's a bad behavior to rape and murder and and do all these things to the women, to the children, to the old folks, everything. We know this because they've been doing that ever since they got here. That's not me. There again, that's not me making this stuff up. This is reality. And I'm only speaking from it because I feel like, you know, that it makes more sense to, you know, to understand reality of what happened than to believe that Columbus came here and we all broke bread and lived together, you know, but they came here and what they were doing on those ships was insane. Whether it was molesting animals or molesting the younger men, whatever it was, we all know that these behaviors are crazy and all, but and remember when they, they burned the witches in Salem, you know, in God's name, see all of this behavior, how come it's not called crazy right now? You see, how come we're not saying that it's crazy? Because it is crazy behavior. Because if somebody burned a witch right now, right down the street, we would be calling that crazy. But is he crazy for doing it in the name of God? Does that make him crazy? Well, I, I believe so personally. But if somebody else wants to say that, you know, maybe it doesn't, you know, cool. But as far as I'm concerned, these kind of behaviors, because you don't take kids from their families, you don't take them to these boarding schools, rape them, murder them, and then beat an, a made-up belief inside of their heads. And then and then the ones that survived, you send them home, and then it starts a whole cycle of things. And, and nobody on this, you know, God-fearing earth 
will ever say that that's crazy behavior that that was wrong because that is wrong you know that is this this these are kind of i guess things i would like to put out there you know of questions of why why anybody asking you know why this isn't considered insane behavior and to believe and so for people to follow a belief as in re religions how is that not insane i mean i can go on about religions because every single one of them do something to the women they obviously have issues with women in every religion you know in every fucking one you look at there's an issue with religion or with women in them mm -hmm. and then they have issues with kids all of them have issues with kids you know whether it's virgins or whatever the fuck they talk about and all this stuff is perverted even when they had their slaves and all this kind of stuff everything they did to them if you look at it it's all perversion straight up well not like you think about remember the sex rooms and they're all tied up and ball gagged and all this weird shit well they did that to all the slaves and nobody's talking about this as being is that normal behavior that they brought here all of this behavior that that came here is that normal but nobody's asking i've, I've never heard those those asked to to anything to this religion how is that how is it that we we accept them you know their their religions as as who they are when it's not who they are you know, because mm -hmm. they don't need that to be here. That's why when when you, you hear the stories of like how the white people got taken by the natives, but never wanted to go home. Mm -hmm. Right. And yeah. remember, they they even came and got a lady and took her home and then she came back, mm -hmm. you know. And so for me, that that honestly tells me that that the way these things are looked at are very one sided. And, and that, that's, that's something we, we're dealing with. To this day, we're dealing with this one-sided, you know, look on things. And, and I don't think we, we need that. You know, we, I don't think we've ever needed that. You know, it's never needed to be one-sided. The reality is reality. And we just never, you know, as, as indigenous people, never have that opportunity to talk about it, you know. And, and I think that we should. You know, these are all questions we can openly ask because, you know, we, we don't come from a racist people. We don't come from... You know, and ignorant people, we definitely don't come from, you know, stupidity. Not like none of the bands do. In every place they show, you know, how everything was, you know, how everything was, you know, meant for the way it worked and everything. So when they came here, they're like, oh, democracy, all this kind of stuff, you know, that they added here. They, you know, and it's crazy because America is, for me, they use all these like discovery, new world, you know, manifest destiny, like all of these words that they use to describe here, but not, not even remotely saying that we were already here. How can you discover something that's already here? How can that be a new anything? It's not new because we're here. But the only reason why they use these words is to make it seem that, that we have no connection to this land, that we're in, we don't exist here, you know, because it belonged to them for God, you know, in God's eyes. See, now that's crazy thinking because me and you wouldn't do that. You know, mm -hmm. we wouldn't go to the neighbor's house and, and kill their family and get them out and say, we're doing this in the name of God. You know, we wouldn't we wouldn't do that because that's not who we are. That's not where we come from. Yeah. So these these questions of, of why, why isn't that called insanity? You know, and why why is it this more talked about on, on any TV show or anything like that? You know, mm -hmm. in these kind of matters, you know, but no, they try to, you know, show that alcohol is OK to have. You know, like all these kind of weird. This, it's weird to me because, like I said, coming from being an alcoholic, you know, and then coming out of it, it, it seems like a weird, a very weird place to be to, to look at that and think that it's OK when you can look at the history of it. 
and it shows that it's not okay. It never was okay. It never mm -hmm. will be okay. Whether mm -hmm. it's the alcohol, the drugs, the religion, these things put our, our indigenous minds in a place where we, 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 you know, we don't have, um, the natural reality that we did before. That's why there's a separation from us and earth now, you know, mm -hmm. because earth is what we believe in. If it wasn't God, you know, it even shows even way back when you look on, on the, the cave drawings that they talk about all that shit, none of it mentions a God or anything like that. You know, they all show the earth and everything in it. So I do believe as well as, you know, where I come from, I believe that indigenous people believe in the earth first. The earth was the most important thing. And then everything in it was a part of, we were a part of it. We didn't, you know, we didn't own it. We were a part of everything. And mm -hmm. I think, I think when we adopt this religion of God, that, that separates that, that from the earth, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I think that's what we're struggling with now, because even if you think about this, you get a, a circle of water, right? Of, of water, drinking water, and you put everybody, all the religious people all around it, and they all get to pray to their gods. You know, when this water gets dirty, or you put somebody that knows about the water, you know, like an indigenous person that knows how to keep it clean and all that kind of shit, you put them all around it. And all these people that they have all their beliefs, and the water gets poisoned, who do you think is going to survive? Because they can't drink the water, but they have to pray. You know, who do you think is going to survive? You know, is it all the people that believe in, in the religions or is it the one that knows how to clean the water? You know, mm -hmm. I, myself, personally, I'm going to go with the one that knows how to clean the water because yep. that makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Because I hear it every day that, you know, you know, God, if God was there, how come he couldn't save my my kid from getting run over? You know, and, and I hear these kind of things all the time from everywhere, you know, and and it, it makes sense to me, you know, that if something is real, how come it doesn't protect us, you know? from the insanity of what caused it right because all of this stuff is is definitely you know comes from a a very unstable place you know and it always was like their whole the whole history of that that columbus journey was unstable and when it got here it, it led it led to destruction of, of everything that we are as indigenous people you know and we struggle with that now because we could sit here and have a drink and say no we're not but you know come on we are and, I, mm -hmm. and, and no matter how you think about them digging up these children, like digging up uh, these children in these holes in these back of these churches and all these kind of things and how they're trying to play it off. Like, like somehow, you know, we're, you know, some of these, you know, we're, we're forgiving these uh, religious people, you know, I don't, I don't think we have to, I think they have to, we, I think we have to get rid of this religion off the, you know, off our lands off of off of everything because that's what's creating our confusion that's what took from us if you if they if everybody remembers they brought the churches there and the churches are the ones that came and got the children and took them all away if everybody remembers that shit if you're indigenous and you remember and you come from a tribe if you remember this stuff that's what they did so how can you believe in their god now doesn't make sense to me but you know i i hope that you know I think, you know, for the most part, people start coming, you know, out of that, that belief, you know, because it's a, it's a belief and it's made by man. And mm -hmm. we all know where a man-made belief goes, you know. It only goes one place. It goes from Adam to his rib, and then a rib created a woman, you know. So we know damn well, you know, if it's a man-made belief, the women are down on the bottom, and the kids are next to nothing, you know. 
the kids are the virgins or the, the, the little raping delicacies that they use them as, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that's there again, that's not me making that up. That's, that's history. And it'll mm-hmm. never, I could never make up this history. This is all there. The way they, they fed the babies to the dogs and the way they cut up the moms, the way they did all of this kind of stuff. Nobody considers that crazy, right? I wonder why, like, I wonder why if anybody could ask themselves, why is that, why isn't that crazy behavior when they did that, they came here and slaughtered all these people, you know, even like, like, if you think about, you, you remember that, that club in Florida that got shot up? I think it was like a, um, um, it was a, it was a nightclub where everybody was dancing and these guys came in, I guess they were terrorists or whatever. They come in there and shot the place up, right? Back in 2016. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. if you remember that, and, and mm-hmm. you can think about that right there, that everybody on the news and everybody was talking about how crazy and that whole thing was, right? Well, how come nobody talks about when they did that, when they were ghost dancing, when they killed all of them for dancing back in the day, that's what they were doing, dancing, and they surrounded them and shot them all. And somehow that's not crazy behavior, but this is right here. But somehow this is what started our journey on where we're coming from because this is what we come out of. But nobody mm-hmm. talks about that. This is crazy behavior, how they massacred you know, families and then took their little babies and adopted them. You know, like this, All this behavior is insanity. But it's not it's not questioned as that. What is it called? Manifest destiny. You know, mm-hmm. they put all these nice words on these horrible things to make people believe that it's OK to do that. You mm-hmm. know, and they wonder why it's OK to do that now. You know, why? Mm-hmm. Why is this all still happening to this day? You know, we don't mm-hmm. you know, I don't I don't make this shit up and I'll, I'll probably never make it up. You know, when it comes to the reality of what in, what religion brought here. What, you know, all of these, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs, whether it's racism, like all of this mm-hmm. shit wasn't wasn't something we had, you know. And if we could think back, because in 1930, like my people were still in teepees and, and still dressed in straight up. Right. You know, but, you know, in 1930, that's when Charlie Patton recorded his first record. You know, mm-hmm. if you think about that shit, it's not very far back that we were you know, still indigenous mindset, you know, and we, we can't lose that because if we look at, you know, the outside, the, the European mindset, that's why they preach for peace, you know, mm-hmm. because they, they want, they say peace and love and they, they talk about that shit because they don't have it. We've never talked about it because we've lived it. When you live peace, you don't need to preach about, it, you know, when you, when you don't have war, you don't need to fight over anything, you know, because if we all understood that land belonged to, to you know, we belong to the land, why would we fight over it? You know, mm-hmm. that's mine. This is yours. We didn't have that concept. So why, when we adapt these kind of concepts that they bring here, that's why we're we're struggling in this society because we're still not going to be looked at as, as a proper American. You know, mm-hmm. we're pre-American. You know, we're indigenous humans. That's what we are. You know? mm-hmm. We're not not this other thing. But back to like you know. Because I, I go on about this stuff, you know, because it's like something I'm very, uh, I guess, I, I believe that, you know, if, if there's Spike Lee's out there, and there's people that can t- talk about, you know, the African history and things like that, then we should have that in ours. And we should be able to talk about our histories and show them whether it's in movies or video or music and how it was, you know, because when it's always getting stifled, you know, in everywhere I, we look. I think that's one of the, the things that really uh, caught my attention when 
I guess I became aware of the Black Owl Society mm-hmm. is the the issues that were represented within the music. Um, I believe it was last year. Um, mm-hmm. You released "There's a Fire," which yeah. addressed the MMIW uh, yeah. issue, and I thought that was extraordinarily well done. Yeah, and needed. Yeah, you know, and I think I mean even for that, like the that kind of stuff is is I, I you know for me it was important. You know, and it and always will be because of where we come from and how important the, the women are to our, our <clears throat> sorry, it gets me emotional. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of that shit, you know, happens still right now, you know. And so it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a really big, you know, important thing to me. To, mm-hmm. to, you know, put myself in a place as a as a man, you know, because we are the ones that are causing the problem, you know. We we as men are the ones that have these issues, and so to to be able to talk about that stuff freely, you know, I want to mm-hmm. to be able to to you know say that you know I'm a part of that fucking problem. You know, I want to, because we as indigenous men, especially have to change that. Mm-hmm. We do, you know, not the women, not anybody else. We do because we're the ones that, that make that shit, make that problem. You know, whether it's not taking care of the kids, whatever, whatever it is, you know, we're the ones that have to change that because when, when we think about where we come from, that's all we ever did was take care of our families, you know, really important, but for some reason, the society took that away, you know, and said, oh, the man goes to work and the woman stays home and cook, like all this weird bullshit that they put on you. So now everybody believes that. But in reality, and the way that I feel, because I have kids, but the way that I felt is that we as men take care of our kids. Like the woman has them, but then it's our job to take care of them, you know. And that's that's how I've always believed, you know. So with every one of my kids, that's what I try to do, you know. You know, mom's there, of course, but, you know, I, I'm going to be the one to hold you to, you know, be there every day, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I, I believe that that's what our job as indigenous men was to do, you know. So the MMIW thing, that's why it's so heavy to me that, you know, that this has to happen because I, you know, I watch a lot of this stuff and I see a lot of this information and it's hard to deal with, you know, to hear stories about these little kids that, you know, that don't have their moms no more. This woman got killed this way or that way. And then, you know, and then to know that it's all one sided, that the majority of the indigenous women that are talked about, they're all oh, they're whores or they're, they're hookers or they're something like that, you know, and that's the majority. But when you watch the white lady, they, they grew up wholesome and, and, you know, beautiful and things like that. And it's, it's all one sided. And, and to be a part of this now, and even if you look at with the stuff that they show, it's all it's all gonna be one sided. It's happening on their reds, you know. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not the white people that are coming in. It is, and it's always been, you know. But you know, it, we as indigenous men are a part of that same genetic man disease that that we all think the women are beneath us, you know. And we have to change that. We have to come to our senses and know that that's not how it goes. We come from women, and then it's us. You know, and even in our in all of our beliefs as indigenous people, that's how it was. It was the woman first and then us, because, you know, our jobs are are I think they were more um, they were more important, you know, in that sense of of the, the child and all that kind of thing, how we took it, you know, 
not as more important as we're men and more important, but I mean, as, as, as somebody that had that baby, it's our job to look at it as, as our responsibility. But, you know, I'm only speaking from myself as, you know, being a, a father or being a parent, you know, I can't speak for anybody else and I'm not going to either, but I just know that the reality is of things I can't change. And that's the fact that men are a part of this problem that, that, it, that happens in the MMIW that happens all that men are a part of a big problem in that. And, and we have to take that responsibility and I don't give a shit what color you are. I honestly believe that it's just men overall that have to take the responsibility and start change this shit. You know, we don't need the strip clubs. We don't need the porn. We don't need all that kind of shit. You know, we don't. And, and we're, we as men, we're the ones that are causing all that. You know, we're the ones that have all those issues, but we don't need that shit, you know, but we're the ones that do that. And, and you know who you are as men, every, every one of us. Like I said, I'm not going to speak for everybody. I'm always coming from me, but we don't need none of that shit to, to, to have respect, to live, you know. But there again, when, when religion and this kind of society puts women down here, why, why is it like that? I mean, even in their religion, the oldest profession is what? Uh, prostitution, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, so like Jesus's mom was a prostitute and all of their stories. But see, they say that. So I'm not making that shit up. That's been said. But if you look at ours, ours don't have that. We don't have prostitution in our ways of life. I mean, if we do, please, somebody show me. You know, but as far as I know, that's never been even remotely anywhere I went. And I've been all over, you know, I've never heard that. Oh, we, you know, we, we, we were prostitutes and we had pimps and all this kind of weird shit, you know, but no. So I'm, I'm, I'm more willing to think that, you know, the sense of it, that, that how they, they believe in their religion become, you know, being that it's from a man thought that, of course, it has all this perversion in it, you know. So we as men here get you know, get that learned and we go around thinking that, you know, oh, women are nothing, women are less than and all this kind of bullshit. But we have to get get over that. We have to get past that now. I think it it's up to us to change that as as men, because we're the ones that have that problem, you know. And I don't I don't care who denies it or what. It's it's not there for anybody to have an opinion on. I'm saying this because this is the way it is. I don't make that that I don't make up the porn. I don't make up the rape. I don't make up none of that shit, you know, because you can't look at the the statistics of rape and say that, oh, well, more women are causing rape than men are. Right. You can't. Or even when you look at the birth control, how how is it that that, you know, with women and, uh, you know, being married, my wife had birth control and she had all these symptoms of, you know, all these issues, but they still make that birth control. It fucks, you know, fucks with their body, everything, but they still make that for women. But when you hear about the man birth control and it was doing the same thing, they stopped selling that shit straight up. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you think about this stuff, why is it that we're keeping the women in such a in such a mindset that that, you know, that we as men can control control it or whatever the fuck, you know, but the idea is that, you know, this shit is bullshit on on how they do it, you know, on how the men is doing it because that that's what seems to me, you know, that's where that's where it's coming from. I don't see any other place. I don't see any other issue. You know, I, I think that we're the ones that have to stop it. As as men, we have to take responsibility for our children, you know, for for everything that we do because this is important to, to our existence as human beings, you know. As indigenous people, this is very important to, to who we are.
you know, mm-hmm. because it doesn't, it don't matter. Like I said, when, when, when you're a, a human that don't come from a racist or a religious place, you know, you tend to see things very openly, you know, and everybody seems to be the same without religion, you know, without religion to me, everybody seems the same, you know, without, without all this nonsense that happens, you know, and, and so like all of that stuff, I guess, when it comes to the MMIW, I, I really, you know, it, it's definitely an important place for me because, you know, I, I want it to change. I want it to be different. I, I don't like, I don't like these stories. I don't, you know, like hearing this shit. I don't like seeing it, but I know that, you know, we as men in this society are at fault for it. Mm-hmm. So we have to change it, you know, and what better way to change that, but to express it through, you know, music or, you know, movies or whatever it is, you know, because that's the only place I could, you know, yeah. I'm barely doing this as it is, you know, because um, I don't get this personal, you know, mm-hmm. by no means I, I leave my person, you know, someplace else. Mm-hmm. But I, as far as I feel about these issues, it's not meant for my personal, it, it is personal, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's mm-hmm. MMIW, whether it's, you know, the, what religion did to these children, what it's doing to this day. Like all of that's personal. It's not mm-hmm. me saying it's making me. You no, know, it, it's it's a personal thing that's been done on our people since they got here, mm-hmm. and it's not going to change unless we move it out of here. You know, get rid of that church, get rid of all of that kind of stuff. Then it'll be different again. Then it'll be back to you know back to what we understand as as the most important thing: the earth, the life in it, the water. You know, not these mm-hmm. buildings, not this kind of nonsense. You know. Because that's what they want you to believe. You know, how is it that that we can believe that a church is the most important thing? You know, when there's still homelessness out there, there's still all this chaos out there. And and we still believe that this religion, this is not helping anybody. You know, it's not saving what is a, a shooting a day, right? Yeah. It's been school shootings, you know, mass shootings every day. And here, mm-hmm. here in Texas, a bunch of, you know, indigenous people from down south whether they're mexican or what but they're still indigenous from down south right they their their school got shot up here you know all you know all indigenous folk you know all mexican people and they're all fighting each other they show that on the news you know but they won't show when the white guys do it they don't show that they call them crazy but the other guys are terrorists it doesn't make the one-sided look at everything is what what's causing our problems you know and, and, and us trying to accept their society, that's what's helping us go in a bad direction because it's not working for them. I mean, they brought that belief here and it still doesn't work for them, you know. So how is it going to work for us? We've been struggling for how many years now in the ideals, in the shadow of churches, in the shadow of, of their belief in schools and all this kind of stuff. You know, I, I, I don't understand it. You know, I don't, I don't understand where where the the fake stops the 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 fantastic you know where that stops and where the reality begins because i'm i'm going to be the first guy that you know to say this is that i've never seen god right but what i know as god to me is earth that's what i know as god to me you know so if i make somebody feel better that says you know i don't believe in anything i'll say that god to me is this earth because we obviously can't go outside the earth because we'll die right like we don't we don't need a suit and all that kind of jack shit to go outside the earth so for me the most important thing is the earth 
you know, in our language, makawaka, as I say, sacred rock, sacred earth, you know, and and that for me is is my 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 belief, you know, and everything else in it is is made up. It has to be, you know, because the earth was always here first, and everything in it was here first. Even us as human beings were here before the idea of God, the idea of religions. We were here before that. You know, and, and that's an obvious. But if you don't want to believe that, more power to you. You know, if you believe that we were made 5,000 years ago, more power to you. But reality, you know, shows that we've actually existed. And we as indigenous people existed here well a lot longer than that, you know. So I mm-hmm. think that, you know, for all of these kind of things that we talk about, like whether it's the MMIW or, you know, the, the fucking climate change, you know, all this kind of stuff, I think it, it has everything to do with who we are. And where I come from, my mom and dad were always about that kind of thing. You know, Mm -hmm. they were always about the environment, the people, you know, what was happening to them, you know, everything. And, and that, that, that stuck with me throughout my life, you know, and I got crazy there getting into the drugs and stuff like that, getting into the alcohol and, you know, smoking the cigarettes, shit like that, you know, get pretty, pretty fucking crazy. But then, you know, after I came out of it, I don't feel, you know, I feel more, more than anything, I feel embarrassed, you know, for for being a drunk, you know, and and I think, but now, I mean, I've been sober, I think, roughly about six years now, hmm. and and I feel, you know, that I, I I feel like I'm done, you know, I'm done with with all of that with that way of thinking, and even like how I used to argue for drinking, you know. Like, oh, you know, it's I don't use it for that. You know, I'm not depressed when I drink. You know, I just like drinking. You know, it's mm-hmm. a taste. It's a party, you know. And, and I feel embarrassed about all that stuff because none of it makes sense. You know, because nobody thinks about how much damage it does to your kids. You know, when, when you're doing that, like like leaving your kid at a young age and going out to party, how much damage that does to them. Even though you're just leaving them, you're thinking It'll, they'll be all right. You know, but no, that shit, that shit fucks with them. I have a little one, right? And I don't even drink, but when you leave him, that sucker freaks out, you know? Mm-hmm. And and so that shows me that, you know, that made me think, well, if that guy freaked out when I left him, what what is that baby doing when the mom leaves him or the dad leaves him for, you know, the beer or the, the drugs? You know, what is it, what is that baby thinking there, you know? And shit, that makes me, you know, that, that fucking makes me hurt, you know, because I could I could feel that. So it's, it's just something that, like I said, it's awareness. I I. I I would rather stay away from judgment, you know, because I don't believe in judging anybody. Mm-hmm. I believe there's awareness about horrible things that that can harm you, you know, that can take away from you. And and people need to be aware of those things, whether they like it or not, you know, whether they, they want to see what alcohol does to the human body or what what drugs do to the human body or what they do to little kids or what they do, you know, what they cause rape and, you know, molestation, how they cause all of this kind of stuff. And and I think that's what people should be aware with, not not the the having the party at the poolside with the, the girls in a swimsuit drinking the you know the beer is not that image. No, because that's not a real image. That's not an image from what where we come from. You know, mm-hmm. I, mean, I come from the Yankton Reservation, and this is one of the top ones for meth and all this kind of stuff. It's not it's not made up. I'm not making that up. And no matter how anybody wants to believe that it's made up, I can't make up this shit, and I'm not going to be responsible for making up shit that is really happening you know mm-hmm. i want to be a part of a, a community that's talking about the change of it you know mm-hmm. 
the difference that we could make as as indigenous people, as men or women or whatever. That's the community I would want to be a part of. Not mm-hmm. not this. It's it's wild. We yeah. just had two major uh, fentanyl busts back in. I'm from the Sisnawapatan, uh, yeah. Yate, and I, I'm astonished by how much uh, was found on the res. Yeah. You know, and I I grew up. You know, I, I grew up in the country as well yeah. um, on the res. And I remember as a kid, you know, we, so my, my parents, they didn't drink. Yeah. Um, and their siblings would come over with their kids. And I remember, you know, Friday nights, you know, um, family, they'd be in the kitchen playing cards and telling stories and stuff. And all of us kids would be kind of uh, downstairs or in the living room, you know, playing. And I just don't see that with fentanyl and meth and all yeah. this in our homes now. Yeah. It just kills me. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's insane. Cause I think, I think that, I mean, I think that the people even doing the drugs, they don't, they don't want to be on them. You know, mm-hmm. they don't, they don't want to, they don't want to, you know, even go through that. They don't want to do that to their families. I mean, I, I've seen that, you know, I've been around people that say that, that they have done a drug, you know, cause I never judge anybody. So I would party with whoever, you know, I personally mm-hmm. would, you know, wouldn't do meth or anything like that. But, you know, when I came to the alcohol, I'd drink you under the table. And, but I would hang out with whoever. And, and when we'd get to talking, you would hear that, whether they were drinking or whether they were, you know, doing meth or something, they didn't, they never wanted to do it. But where do you find the support to quit on the reservation? You know, mm-hmm. where's that at? You know, cause I got brothers that are struggling right now to quit on the reservation and, and, you know, they're, they're having such, I mean, they're dying from it. I mean, I had, you know, bros that died from alcohol, you know, drank themselves to death. And they were only, you know, late 30s, 40s, things like that, relatives, you know. And, it, and you know, so I think for me that that's kind of a reality because I don't, I think my, my children are too important for me to put myself in any kind of, of harm, you know, that would leave them, you know, leave them in a state of confusion of, of you know, who the fuck am I, you know. Because I, I see too much of that, you know, where the childrens don't don't get enough of their parents and who they are and what they what they could be for them. You know? So I, I take all of that shit as as serious as possible. I'm not, you know, I don't joke around when it comes to the family or you know what what these issues are. These issues are real. They're not they're not a they're not make believe or they're not something to do just at the time. You know, mm-hmm. because this mm-hmm. the missing and murder. This wasn't just happening recent. This was this has been happening for. Wow, I mean, as far as I know, at least the last forty years, you know, and and longer than that, because I know down south, down south, it was happening to the indigenous women down there. But see, that news didn't get up here, you know. But I know it was happening down there. The women were disappearing because they were, you know, being killed and whatever the hell, and they were all indigenous women. They weren't, you know, they weren't white women or black women or whatever, you know. And that, that's that's another thing that, that we have to face here because all of this seems to be like like I heard conversations where you know where, where when when a native is talking about, you know, the importance of an indigenous woman, you'll hear these other people say all women are sacred. Or like when it comes to the children, you'll hear all children are sacred, you know. And mind you, they all are. But it just so happens in our communities where there's so little of us that that's detrimental to who we are. You know, mm-hmm. in these other communities, there's a lot more of them. And, and that's how that shit works. But when you look at the importance of how little our communities are, and when you start taking all the women out, that shit's insane. 
And that has to be addressed. That has to be made aware of because, you know, this is an outside force that came in and started doing this. And we adopted this ideal and now we do it to each other, you Mm -hmm. know. But this was from the beginning. This is how it started. And and this this kind of stuff has to stop now. And we have to identify in ourselves what the problem is, because Mm -hmm. it's only through ourselves is how we're going to change this whole fucking thing, you know, because that's what it boils down to. And like I said, I'm not a political guy. I'm not none of those things. These are just issues that I couldn't deny no more. You know, you can't deny the the abuse of the church. You can't deny the the destruction of what alcohol does to the people. You can't deny all of these kind of things. You can't deny them. You know? And no matter how hard you try, they're still happening or they're still going on until they stop. That's the only way it's going to change. Until we as men, as indigenous men, start identifying what our problems are and start fixing them, it's not going to, it's not going to change, you know, because we, we have an obligation to our, our, you know, our women and our tribes, you know, to, to be 100% for them, you know, to, to make sure that, you know, cause they, they, they have to carry the baby. They have to go through a lot more of these things than we do, you know, and we seem to forget about that because we want to say that, you know, everybody's equal, but it's just not when it comes to these realities that, that we all lived with as, you know, indigenous people and, and, mm-hmm. and how important it was for the woman and for the baby to be well taken care of. And it's not, has anything to do with gender or anything like that. I'm not saying, Oh, women can't take care of themselves or nothing like that. I think we forgot our responsibility there. That's why, you know, the majority of the statistics should show that, you know, there's more single mothers out there, you know, indigenous single mothers than there are men, they should, they, you know, it's obviously going to show that, you know, and that there again, that's a problem because mm-hmm. we should have that. We should have that mindset as men, you know, when we're going to have babies that, you know, we should take care of them. But there again, what do we have in our way? But a society that shows all these other opportunities for this and that and the other, you know, mm-hmm. drink alcohol, do drugs, you know, do all this kind of shit. And then, you know, cause all that shit to this society seems to be second, you know, the, mm-hmm. the idea of family, the idea of, you know, taking care of one another, that seems to be secondary in, in society here. It seems to be. I mean, if somebody could show me that it's different, please do. But as far as I'm concerned, I see the secondary, and it started through their religion. Because once they said that, you know, they took a rib from Adam and made Eve, that's mm-hmm. when I knew that, okay, these guys are thinking that the women is second, you know. Mm-hmm. The men's here, the women's here. Then, then when I seen that, it was, I don't want to be a part of that kind of thinking. That kind of thinking I'm, I'm not a fan of and I won't be a fan of, you know, because I, I believe that that the women are, are will always be because of where I come from the most important. They're the life givers. They, they, they have the more sensical, you know, thing on, you know, whatever's around. I mean, I've always experienced that. I grew up in a house full of sisters. Right. So I've always grew up around, you know, women that were capable of, you know, taking care of their their business in, in any way, whether it's my mom or my sisters, you know. So I've always seen that. So I, I've always believed that that this was them, you know. This is where they where they belong was doing how they do it. And our job was to just make sure that they can do it, you know, and always be there, you know. Mm-hmm. Be there in that sense of for the kid, you know, if the kid's crying, you can go take him and, you know, go for a walk with him and like all these kind of things. There's all these natural, normal things that we seem to forget you know, in the society. So we were struggled, we struggled in that, you know, but I don't think we have to, I think the choice is, is up to us, you know, as men to change these things. 
to make a difference, you know, especially in these communities. Because I watch, you know, pretty much like whatever they put out, you know, on MMIW on on the mainstream. I'll, I'll try to watch our, you know, I'll try to pay attention to like that. Uh, the woman of the white buffalo. I, you know, like I, I'm really like. I really like those things because they're really sh- talking about, you know, th- those kind of changes that, that need to, like, need to happen in our communities, you know, especially with the menfolk, you know, because we have, we have so many issues, you know, that we're not addressing ourselves personally, you know, because it shouldn't be that hard for us to, you know, help be a part of family and help be a part of the community and help be a part of, you know, everything that's there, everything that's needed. And, you know, I, I've only learned that because, you know, like I said, being a drunk and doing that kind of stuff, it doesn't show you that. And I've always felt lost when I was drinking. You know, I've never felt whole. You know, I was always lost drinking all the time. And then, you know, as soon as it went away, I, everything just kind of came together. You know, the family, the not that it was broken apart before, but my understanding of where I stood in it, you know, mm-hmm. came real clear, you know, and, and how I could be better you know, for my children, for my wife, for, for all of these things, you know, for my sisters, for, for any woman for that matter. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, I feel like that's why I put the, most of the responsibility on, on the man, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to, to, to help, you know, make that change, help, help, you know, make it more safe in our communities because they're not safe, you know, and no matter how much we talk about this and that, you know, being cool or, you know, it, it it's not sometimes it's not always about the music, you know, and I think this is one of those moments, you know. So <laughs> this is uh, the, the, you know, this is the, the foundation, I think, yeah. of the work that you have been doing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'm familiar with, with your most recent works now. Um, and it, I mean, just within the titles themselves, but of course, yeah. within the lyrics and the songs filled with poison, uh, old town, burn the past. There's a fire. How has the reception been, um, to the, the recent works that you've been doing? Well, I mean, we had a lot of, uh, like a lot of issues, since we put that record out. So we haven't really got to uh, like do anything for it, you know, as far as like putting it out there or anything like that. So it's, it's out there, but as far as like, like responses, you know, I think I, I you know, everybody's been pretty, you know, supportive of it, you know, mm-hmm. and everything. Cause I, mean, I think, you know, I, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a, there again, it's a it's a tough subject, you know, to yeah. <laughs> to to even bring in that thing. So even like like so that's this all this stuff. But I, I feel like, you know, I feel like whoever will hear it will hopefully feel the same way I do. on it. You know, not not as in, you know, anything more than that, because I think it's more or less about the issue. You know, it's more mm-hmm. or less about what's happening. And I feel like, you know how you know whoever will hear it you know i imagine you know i'm hoping that they would you know feel what i'm feeling on it Mm -hmm. it's just Mm -hmm. it's just awareness you know Mm -hmm. it's not it's not meant to be heavy you know but it is Mm -hmm. you know 
it's not it's not it's not meant for those kind of things but they are you know like mm-hmm. i said when reality plays or when truth comes into the picture you can't really you can't really mold that to what you want it's just kind of the way it goes and, and with this kind of stuff i it, it all just kind of goes you know i don't i don't have like a a specific way of like describing it or whatever because mm-hmm. most of it just comes from you know like hearing stories most of all this hearing shit because i listen to a lot of stories or you know things like that because it's it's real stuff you know and i guess as far as the response you know like i said i just hope that you know people will get it you know in the way that it's said opposed to you know having to explain stuff (laughs) true true I think uh, one thing with the music um, that was really exciting is that, you know, the, the, the power and energy comes through. Yeah. And part of that is that uh, your, your sister uh, is drumming. Uh, she's part of this as well. Yeah. Um, and she's been, if I, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, she's been uh, working with you now for about five or six years. Yeah. Is that yeah. correct? Okay. Probably, okay. yeah, roughly, probably going on about five years now. Five years. Okay. Okay. Because we, um, we went in, or we just we just had a you know family loss and stuff like that. So I think that's why even with that MMIW EP, we didn't really get a chance to, like like I said, do anything with it, like live shows or anything, because of you know, all the all the like the family loss that we had. Cause we had quite a bit. So we didn't really like this year has been kind of rough and we've been kind of getting over that. Well, it's been a couple of years actually, to be honest. So, and, uh, but as far as like, I think with Wamadi, I think she always helped, helped me mm-hmm. like ever since, I guess I started in the black owl society. Like there was some shows we did. We played a, um, we played a, a, a concert for Leonard Paltier. Okay. In, um, up in uh, Pine Ridge a few years ago. And, uh, but like she, like she would always come out and just do drums whenever I needed a drummer. Mm-hmm. And, but she was just kind of doing her thing or whatever. And then it wasn't until like, like in the past couple of years where, you know, we were like, all right, well, you know, you're a part of this now. So, <laughs> you know, here we go, you know. And, uh, and she was, you know, she was definitely okay, you know. She's like, hell yeah, you know, and she was ready to do it. And just to see, you know, just to be like with my family like that again, it's amazing, you know, because I always, I always miss that shit because mm-hmm. with your family shit, you can't, like I said, you can't beat that, like the, the whole, you know, thing because you kind of know where each other is going, you know, no matter what you do. And meanwhile, we always had that, whether we were indigenous or not, we've always, you know, when we played together, we always like, like just kind of knew, you know. We, we started out at the same time, you know, everything we did, like she was my first, one of my first influences on writing because she would write poetry and write so much that, you know, we would, we'd walk off, like we lived out in the country. So we'd walk off to what we called the bridge because it was this bridge and it had like a spillway. We'd go sit underneath there and she would be reading me what, you know, her poetry or her lyrics and stuff. And it would just be, you know, blowing my mind. And mind you, we were only like 10 and, you know, 13, 14, something like that. And uh, so, you know, she'd be writing all this stuff. So, like, she's always been a part of, you know, what I, what I, you know, what I, what I do. 
so for her to just come and be a part of the band, I was like, you know, that's you know, that's that's no brainer there, you know. And yeah. what she brings to the table, her, you know, just her reality is is you know, is, I I don't think that you can have that too much, you know, because because musicians are musicians, you know, they'll play it if there's good ones or good ones, but some of them radiate, you know, this kind of whatever it is, you know, this vibe, you know, and, and she's one of those ones that radiates this, you know, vibe. So you can't really, you can't really deny that, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, that vibe. So like, you know, when we got together, you know, just, it was, it was, it was time, you know, and I think, I think I needed it as well because even, even at the time, you know, our mom was real sick and then we lost her. So it was, everything kind of happened around this kind of rugged period so we're kind of we're coming back together now and and you know hopefully you know we have you know healthier relatives and <laughs> we don't lose a bunch like we did you know the past couple of years and stuff so but we we've always me and her have always been really close you know like like that when it came to to i guess the where where she's seen lyrics and how she wrote and stuff and 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 that that really had an effect on me but i never wrote lyrics until the black owl society is when i started actually writing um because there again like i said it, it was more of like this the issues of what's happening in our in our in our cultures in our societies you know as indigenous people and it, it, it's across the board you know i'm not i'm not just to one you know I'm, I'm about it all when i say i'm indigenous i'm you know i claim to be indigenous from every tribe you know mm. and and i know where i'm from you know and i'll always say that first but i in my heart i i you know i claim to be from all of these tribes, you know, that's, why not, you know, yeah. <laughs> why not be a part of, be a part of all of that. So I feel like, you know, I feel like that, you know, now we, you know, we're in a better place, me and Wamadi, you know, mentally and physically, you know, it's becoming a, a better place. Cause yeah, I got pretty heavy there with the whole COVID and, you know, you know, like, like we, we did lose a lot of family in that, in that whole, ordeal so and like, i i did want to offer my condolences to your loss yeah. i um i knew uh i won't say i knew i was acquainted with your sister um and so i yeah I'm really yeah. sorry yeah um, she's <laughs> she is yeah. one one in a million that one i i will say and i, I won't go too much into it but yeah. i became a fan of her work before I realized that she was your sibling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, it's about 15 yeah. years ago. I realized that, that you, that you were all siblings. I just blew my mind. I thought you get yeah. out of here. Like what was in that house where all this yeah. talent just came out of? Yeah. yeah. It was, it was definitely our mom and dad, you know, our mom yeah. and dad were, they were amazing. They were just these two amazing people. They, you know, they had, they they didn't have their their shit together you know but they had their shit together you know because mm. <laughs> you know my dad came from the boarding school you know mm-hmm. so we all know what that's like yeah. and my mom you know she she was uh like uh she grew up with her grandma so we know what that's like that they came from a pretty heavy places you know and mind you this was back in the you know 40s and 50s and stuff so for them to be who they are when we came out like i remember when we would be playing music and uh because when we first started they would be there with us and then and then when we would start practicing on our own they'd come out and be like one in the morning and they'd come walking out of their bedroom and they would sit down on the couch and my dad would light up a cigarette and then they, they would sit back 
and we'd mind you be playing something like like probably Voodoo Child or you know something really loud and obnoxious. Like if you imagine <laughs> those old indigenous days, they were really you know this this there was no limits. There was no cute little amps and you know what they have now. Um, so everything was full on, and we we're playing, and yep. they just they just sit back and they both close their eyes and go right back to sleep. You know, <laughs> and and for them to be as as amazing like that to just give us this this open. I mean, they were the ones who allowed us to just you know the freedom of thinking that even when we left school, they were like, okay, well we got to figure out something else, you know. And it was never anything that we wanted as kids. They were just like, let's let's do that, let's make that happen, you know, because I think. Mm-hmm. As, as them, you know, having other kids, I think it was hard for them because they probably didn't, you know, they probably didn't grow up the same as we did, you know, because they were kind of, you know, they, they probably had their parenting skills a little bit more together when we were coming up. So I, I really am, you know, I'm really proud that I come from that, that family, you know, that, you know, my mom and dad and how they, they, they created, you know, what they did in their kids and, you know, gave it to literally like, you know, was like here, you know, this, this belongs to you guys like that. And we took it from there, you know, and, and so, you know, Wakia was a part of that, you know, Mateo, Wabadi, you know, me, my sister Madeline, you know, we're all, my, my brother Horace, like we all grew up. I mean, there's other ones too, but, you know, they actually didn't get to play in the band, but they, they still, you know, I got older brothers that, you know, can sing and like, it's all there, but, you know, we were the ones that just like, like took it to serious, you know, and and still to this day take it you know that serious because i think that that legacy is important you know of where my dad comes from and and my mom and things like that and 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 it's you know it's not as like i said it's not as rainbows and you know flowers as as most you know would want it to be but i i don't care about that you know i care about that that who they were as humans gets out there you know and then mm-hmm. why, that's why I talk about the truth in the way that I do about, you know, what happened to the indigenous people. It, that's why it's important, because I think that, you know, it has a lot to do with with what I struggle with as a, as a human trying to survive in, a, in an America that, you know, that doesn't have no way, shape or no way, shape or anything that has, you know, the same view as I do you know, when mm-hmm. it comes to mm-hmm. anything. Because I don't understand, you know, and I live, you know, I don't live on the res no more. So I live smack dab in the middle of the nonsense, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's it's pretty crazy because I miss home. You know, it's hard to, you know, and it's probably weird to say that because of, you know, all the issues. But that's not that that's the thing that's destroying us. But, you know, what what we still have is is our communal ideals, you know, the way we think about our tribes and our people, you know. I think that still exists very strongly. And I think this other sickness and these diseases have to be eradicated. They got to be taken out, you know, one by one, if we have to, you know, but the idea is to just be aware of it, you know, Mm -hmm. to make sure that you can have a choice of, you know, drinking and not drinking and doing drugs and not doing drugs or hurting somebody or not hurting them. Mm -hmm. There, There has to be in your own mind, there has to be that better choice there, you know, that more positive choice because we don't come from, we've never came from a world of violence. We were introduced to it through religions, you know, and it'll always be so. It's not ever going to be me making that up. And I, I, I'm glad about that. You know, I'm glad that these issues that I take on, I can't, 
you know, I can't make them up and nobody can tell me that it's my opinion on, on the way racism works or the way they brought it here and they used it. You know, it's, it's none of it is, you know, it's, it's the way they are. And I'm just here to talk about it. And like I said, that's why I don't consider myself an artist on that level because, or a musician on that level, because I don't feel those things are enough for me to, I like express myself. I'm not that. I'm, I'm an indigenous person talking about issues, and I only do it through the means I know how. You know, and that's music. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I, I love it. I love playing the music. I love being a part of it. I love everything that it that it gives me. You know, when I play. You know, because like you know, most people have. You know, they can have their guns. You know, speak for them. But my guitar is my gun. You know, and like mm-hmm. I heard before, my my lyrics are my bullets. You know, and I think that's. That's where that's as far as my violence is gonna get, you know, because I'm not here mm-hmm. to throw punches or to, you know, you know, start fires of any kind of nature. I'm here to, you know, say that we don't really need to do that shit without, you know, we could start fires without burning our shit down, you know. We could definitely light things up without, you know, destroying and all this stuff is is there for us to take because they never took it from us, you know. Our ways are still here. They never, they never got them. So, there, it's up to us, you know. And I, I don't give that to anybody else. I, I, I truly say that for myself that it's, that it's, it is up to us. It's up to me, you know. It's up to me as a, mm-hmm. as a indigenous person, you know, that I, that I take that responsibility to, to say something. You know? I, 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 you know, I don't, I don't feel it in any kind of way. I, I guess it doesn't fill, fill my ego with anything. What fills my ego with something is like when my little one says that I'm I'm pretty awesome, Dad, or my song sounds good, you know, because you really like that MMIW record too, you know, it's one of his favorite records. But but for him to say that, then I'm like, hell yeah, I'm doing something. But otherwise, you know, I don't, I'm not doing this for any anything but awareness, you know. I don't I don't feel like mm-hmm. I don't feel like I need to be, you know. Well, I think you probably do in the society. You need to be famous to have a say because that's how they put it right you know you need to go to college to have an important word to say you know they they put all the shit in your head and it's just not true you know that's why people run around thinking that kind of shit and it's just not true we all as human beings have something important to say it's just how we say it and the matter is if if it changes something for the better because we could all say bullshit and make shit rough but how many of us are doing that you know I think there's a majority of us. There's a war going on, so obviously there's a majority of you know people wanting the bullshit more than they want you know the positive reality of living you know, and and that's all we've ever had as indigenous people. You know, it's not straight up reality, you know, and I I, I don't want to lose that you know. <laughs> this this leads me to my last question. Then is uh, what would you want to say to the eighteen or twenty two year old that's listening to this conversation? <laughs> to the young person um i'm not sure like i think you know definitely you know don't drink you know don't get into alcohol it's not worth it and i don't think it'll ever be worth it no matter how how much that first time was the greatest time in your life it's never going to be worth it don't get into pills don't get into meth don't get into that kind of stuff it's just it ain't worth it and and if you have an opportunity to make a choice between I guess, is there a God from Europe that came here and uh, a creation that 
you know, they brought here in their fictitious idea. If you have a choice to believe that and to believe in the earth, you know, please make the right choice in that, you know, because the earth is here to protect us as well as we're here to protect it. And I think that for young kids, like even my kids, they hear this kind of stuff is that, you know, that it's important to think earth first, you know, hmm. and it should always be that, you know, because these religions ain't going to offer that. These religions offer nothing but greed and violence and confusion, you know, they don't, they don't give anything more. So I, I feel like, you know, and definitely, you know, stick to your, your traditions and your ways of life of where you come from, you know, as indigenous people, you know, we need to keep that close to us because they're important to, to how we see things and how we can show things, you know, because for, for a long time there, there was no God in our beliefs. God is in what they brought, you know, and we have to remember that, that we, we were too, we were too far ahead to believe in, in such a, a meager thing as religion. You know? hmm. We were, we were too far ahead of that and we still are, you know, so that, that I think that's, you know, that's probably the only thing I would like to say to the younger folk, because I think all of those things are detrimental to what's happening to us, you know, and I hope, you know, they could take that into consideration as far as, you know, I'm not trying to tell anybody what to do. I'm just, you know, saying straight up that alcohol, drugs and religions are pretty fucked and keep an open mind about it, you know, because you'll see the truth, you know, You'll always see the truth <laughs> when it comes to that bullshit because they don't have nothing to mm -hmm. offer you. <laughs> the The band is the, the Black Owl Society. Um, oh, yeah. Where where can uh, where can the listener find find your work? Um, we're on pretty much every everything. We're on uh, Apple Music, Spotify. I mean everything, YouTube. But we definitely we definitely would like to get more. Uh, subscribers to our youtube page we're, we're working on that one now and if we actually have um we got some new songs in the work um they're getting ready to be mixed and uh so we'll have that out hopefully by the end of next month and uh okay yeah so we've got some we got some yeah three, three i think there are three tunes or a couple tunes yeah and then i'm working on a couple more so we kind of have like like i said it's it's getting the ball's getting rolling better so we're we're starting to get everything picked up and, you know, get it, get everything, get more product out there, get more music out there and stuff. But it's pretty much on everything, everything. Well, I'll put uh, links in their show notes uh, so yeah. people can find, find that. And yeah, we'll be sharing stuff on social media too. So awesome. Um, thank you so much for this. This is really thank great. You, thank you, man. I appreciate it so much. And, and uh, whatever, man, if you, you know, if you want to do this again, let me know, whatever, I'm always available. So, we appreciate it, brother. Thank you. And that does it for this episode of Five Plain Questions. I want to thank Tay again for his time and sharing his story with us. The story of him and his siblings uh, is truly a fantastic story. Um, you know, they started, uh, if not the greatest Native American rock bands, definitely um, of the greatest Native American rock bands starting with indigenous um, in the 1990s and the the movement and the catalog that they put together of albums and music is truly impressive and I'm always honored whenever I get to speak with them because I really value 
their their take on on things and so i'm always just so grateful to be able to spend time with them and the things that tay talked about uh during the course of this conversation hold so much meaning and value he's very specific about how he addresses these issues and this is a hard take that i think we all really need to listen to and respect really i just want to thank him for sharing those thoughts and perspectives with us uh this was truly um truly a valuable conversation so thank you so much for this so now that you've heard this amazing episode follow them support them the black owl society uh on spotify on soundcloud apple music um on youtube uh subscribe to them and see what they're putting out there their work is incredible it's it's meaningful it's uh it's worth listening to and the power the power of the music that they create is really really impressive so please subscribe please support this group and if there's a way you can get them to come into your community and perform um it is absolutely worth it so uh yeah and for those who are in movies and television uh they have work that's ready to go to be a part of your programming and to really boost up the quality of your work uh that is for sure so uh i look forward to seeing what they're going to be doing in the future so uh again today thank you so much i also want to thank you for joining us and spending your time listening to what i feel is a very important story and perspective from our community so please join us next time as we speak with another incredible person i'm joe williams you can find me on kiana that's c-a-n-a-a creativity among native american artists and the newly named Five Plain Questions uh, page on Instagram. So uh, please check us out there. You can check out our um, programming past videos and these podcasts at our planes.org website. So that's it. Uh, thank you uh, for joining us this week, and we will see you next time. This has been an 11 Warriors production.